Welcome to another inspiring message from Milestone Church in Keller, Texas. I want to welcome you to the final week of this little two-part series that meets us right where we live, where we're talking about being stressed out, and we're looking to the Bible to get some answers so we don't leave the series in the same way that we came. And so I'm going to ask, if you would, to turn in your Bibles to the book of Philippians chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 6 in probably the target verse when you're talking about what the Bible says to us about handling stress. Philippians, in the New Testament, chapter 4, verse 6. I'm going to put some scriptures on the screen, and I have some notes available for you. I want to welcome those watching by video at 1230. Welcome our McKinney campus that's streaming right there along for the ride. Would you guys join me in celebrating all of them that are with us? Thank you for making room and making space there at 1230. Uh, I want to celebrate... Just this time of year, it's exciting. We're getting back in the flow, and we've had a couple of exciting weeks already here at Milestone. We have what's called Discovery 101, if you're looking for a chance to connect and find out how to take a step. By the way, that's what we say here at Milestone. We're not just a big gathering of people. We're a group of people, a family of people, who are taking spiritual steps, and the first step is Discovery 101, and uh, I just want to share with some of you, because you don't get a chance to be in these uh, contexts, I get a chance to meet all these fascinating people, these awesome people, shake hands with all of them at the end of it, but uh, I'm so excited because we had, in the first Discovery 101, we had 20 people accept Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, and then last week we had 26, we've had 46 people come home to Jesus in two weeks, in Discovery 101, and my Bible tells me that all of heaven rejoices when one sinner comes home, and so that's so exciting, and we're excited about this new series. I want you to jump in with us. It starts next weekend. I, uh, I shot some video from Israel, and so we're going to trek through some major moments with Jesus, and I'm going to do a combination of showing you those videos about 10 minutes in the message and then I'm also going to then help us apply the biblical concepts that we're going to learn about Jesus. And so we have some resources for you. We have a book available for you. I'm not making money from you off of the book. I just love to give that as a caveat. I do these resources to help you in your spiritual journey. Our team does all of what we do to help you grow and uh, understand more about Jesus. That's what this series is about. We can't miss that target. Uh, that's, a, that's just a very practical, very clear step that all of us need to take, and that is to get closer to Jesus. And uh, I wanna encourage you, if you've never led a small group, maybe to consider leading a small group, because we're gonna have hundreds of people that are stepping into this season, and so maybe it's your time and that's your next spiritual step is to lead a small group. And in the commons at both campuses, we can help you with all of that. Uh, we're so excited about what goes on here the next few weeks, all right? Well, some of you are new and you're thinking, why are we talking about being stressed out? Well, really for a couple of reasons. First of all, the most simple reason is at Easter, I asked you to tell me how I can help you as your pastor. And overwhelmingly, you said we need help with stress. Now, that's attached to multiple areas. Another reason we're talking about this is, is that really Jesus wants to come into our whole lives, 
our everyday lives, every single aspect of our lives. As we talked about it last week, we, we understood that maybe finances and maybe a relational issue that I'm going to hit on today may be affecting and the reason you have that stress, but, but the truth is the reason we would talk about a topic like stressed out is because God wants to move in every area of our lives. In fact, I got an email from Paul and Allison Garish this week who've been a part of our church. Paul played baseball for TCU. It's okay if you went to TCU, just not Texas A&M. We allow horn frogs, not Aggies, if you're wondering, but anyway. Um, but anyway, he, he pitched for them and pitched for the Astros, and uh, they were uh, connected here, both of them coming as college students, married and took steps and went through the growth track and have served in children's ministry, and they're moving now to Colorado, and my wife and I this week were reading an email we got from Allison, and the thing that really moved me was she said, thank you for the Milestone family and the way they've invested in us because all of our life steps in all of our seasons in life, we've understood now how to put Jesus in the middle of all of those things. As we become parents, as we've understood our money, we've understood now that, that Jesus is not just something we keep at the church house, but Jesus is something that goes into every single area of our lives. And so that's what we're trying to do in this series is look at how Jesus can affect something like our emotions, like our stress, like our anxiety, like our depression, he can affect that too. Did a little research this week to see what people are doing if they don't have Jesus, and uh, I found, I just searched and said, what do you do when you're stressed out? I found, I think, 10 answers, uh, a few of them, bubble wrap, that helps. Pop, 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 you're stressing everybody else out, but that's fine, maybe. Get a stress ball. Some people go and break things. Some people, I thought there were some interesting ones, some people just shout, some people dance, some people clap, that was all these crazy things, and I felt like it was missing the main thing you need to do. Really, we can just stop the whole series at this point. This is what I do after a whole weekend of preaching right here, and that is you can get you some bluebell <laughs> with the chocolate sauce. The devil tried to steal it from us, but the Lord brought it back. Can I have an amen? You know what I'm saying? The Lord knows we can't make it through life without it. So the Lord returned it to us by his grace. Thank you, Jesus, all right? You know, stress is becoming a big conversation, by the way. Um, I was a little surprised it was number one on the list that you asked me to talk about. But in fact, when you start looking at books that are being written, you look at things in the marketplace, people that speak to leaders, they're talking a lot about it. In fact, one guy that talks a lot and coaches and teaches on management, Simon Sinek, you may have heard his name, he teaches in an Ivy League school and then he helps companies and I found it interesting when you look holistically at what he's saying from his talks and his podcasts and different books and things, I found it interesting that what he's saying is what everyone else is saying, that research shows that it's not always the type of job you have. It's not always the circumstances you have. I understand some jobs seem more stressful than others, but did you know there are certain people that do stressful jobs with a great sense of grace and flow right through it? It wasn't that he said it's particularly the type of job that you have, but it's how you do what you do. And that's what we learned last week. It's your perspective, first of all. It's the way you see your world, your life, your work, all of these aspects of your life. 
and that affects your stress levels. This week we're gonna try to get even a little bit more practical and do what it tells us right here in the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter four, verse six, look what it says. Do not be anxious about anything. Wow, that's, a, that's like, wow, don't be anxious about anything? Well, Paul here is writing to a group of people like you and I. He's writing to a church. He's writing in a community, by the way. You may not know much about the New Testament, but these are letters from Paul. He has a reason to be stressed out. He's writing the letter from prison. And so Paul had a lot of challenges in his life, if you know anything about him. But he's also writing in context to probably, if you understand Philippi, a group more similar culturally to us, achieving group, and just the way that in their geographical location and the makeup of this culture, he says to them, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. What is he saying? Peace is going to come from something other than just logically deducing all of the problems and scenarios and being able to figure out what's going on in your world. He says, look, there's an other kind of thing here. There's an other side to this. There's a spiritual side to this. There's a God side to this. Look what it says. Transcends all your understanding. It'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Then he says, finally, brothers and sisters, And I've used this verse a lot. By the way, if you don't have this one in your arsenal, you need to grab it, okay? It's a great weapon right here. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these kind of things. Think about such things, okay? So we're we're really seeing him tie into what we talked about last week, your, your perspective, your heart, your inner self, he's tying into that, but then I wanna take you here where we wanna go this week. Last week we talked a lot about that, how you're seeing it, how you're understanding it, how how the internal side is working, and I wanna go here this week because I think it's very good. Look what he says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, he says this, put it into practice. He says you need to put it into practice and if you'll put some things into practice, then he says this, the God of peace will be with you. So so we we learned again that there's this understanding of how God works and there's this spiritual side. Last week we talked a lot about about seasons, okay? So, so, So there's this cooperation with God that you have to get at a basic level to deal with stress. We learned about God moves in seasons and there's a rhythm to your life and you have to work through that. I saw two ends of the season spectrum, by the way, this week. My middle sister had a surgery this week, very serious surgery, and thanks to God, he he answered our prayer and and, uh, and she's doing great, but uh, she, in the middle of that, my wife and I got a chance to remember some earlier seasons because we got to keep my four-year-old nephew during the process. Now, he's the youngest of five brothers. My sister said, Jeff, watch him. He'll just, he'll just run out the door. He'll just, he'll just be, he gone. I said, well, I'm going to watch him. I'm not letting that brother out the door. I said, he's going to sleep in the bedroom right by me. I made him a little pallet right there, four years old. First night, daylight. He wakes up. Well, I wake up and look at him. He's looking right at me. He said, when we getting up? Uncle Jeff, when we getting up? I said, well, we're going we're gonna to kind of play that by ear. We're going to rest a minute, okay? We're going to. He looked at me and said, no, we got to get up. 
I said, no, we don't. Just go back to sleep. He said, well, we got to get up. I said, why do we got to get up? He said, I got boogers in my nose. <laughs> thought, man, it's amazing how some of you are in that season. Can I? It's like, yes, Lord. I see somebody back there. Whoa, yes, I'm there. That's a season that you have to understand because it changes your rhythms. And I realized this week, my, my seasons are changing because I dropped my oldest off at college on Thursday. Drove away, had all kind of emotions. Y'all know what I'm saying? It's the weirdest feeling because you see, man, my seasons are changing. No more boogers in my nose, but there's other problems we have. And yet, life continues to bring us into new seasons. And here's, here, here's the genius, here's the spiritual wisdom. When you can cooperate with God in your season. When you start understanding that, but not just cooperating with God, but in that season, put into practice, as Paul says, some things that are very important. This is the thesis, I believe, for this week. Overcoming stress starts with changing your thinking, but it moves toward including some repeatable skills that you start putting into practice. Now you're like, Pastor Jeff, what is, what is the skills like? How do I need to think about that? Well, let me give you a few questions here. How do I know what's my responsibility and what's not? And everything about this week, we're gonna start building a decision-making grid that we can put some things into practice. How do I know what's my responsibility and what's not? How do I get permission to say no? Because saying no is a big part of living stress-free. How do I decide which relationships I can distance myself from? How do I determine which goals and which dreams are for a later season? So as you work through those questions, it's the answer to those questions, and I wanna get more practical in our time together that you actually start putting into practice some things that help you live with a life rhythm. Now understand, this is hard. It's harder for some. Some of you are people pleasers. So you have trouble with that. Man, you're trying to please everybody and keep everybody happy. Others of you have a superhero scenario where you think, man, I've got to solve everybody's problems. I've got to fix everybody on the planet. Some of you are bumping your spouse, so you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's you. You know, it's like, man, I've got to be the superhero in every situation. Others of us are like martyrs. We think, I'm just going to sacrifice my whole life, my health, my, my whole stress. It's okay because I'm doing it for somebody else. Others of you, as I said, have an unhealthy relationship with stress. Probably proportionately, demographically, there's a lot of us listening to me this weekend, have an unhealthy relationship with stress. And it's hard. Let me tell you why it's hard. Most of the time, we will choose an ulcer. We will choose a breakdown. We will choose gastrointestinal issues. We will choose a relational fallout before we'll choose to say no. Most of the time, the endorphins that are released from saying yes to something that's out of your season is a greater fulfillment than it is to say no to something that maybe not be in your season. So it's hard. And I'm, I'm sharing with you transparently, I've been in a learning process regarding this. I think about eight or 10 years ago, I can't remember exactly, I went to a meeting of people that are really kind of my heroes and what I do, just some really successful pastors. There was some leaders in there that teach in business and just one of these kind of rooms where you're like surprised you got invited. You know, I don't know if you've ever been anywhere like that where you're like, how'd I get in here, you know? 
I was real fired up and flew to the meeting, got there. We all sat around in a conference room. And man, I got my pen and paper ready. And I'm like, man, they're going to show me something good here, man. I'm ready. What do you guys got? Man, I start getting ready. You know what they spent two days talking about? What I'm preaching to you about. And, and I'm, I'm ashamed to admit, maybe y'all are more spiritual than me. I was thinking, I didn't fly across the country to talk about your problems. I came to get some help. I came to find out, and you know what I learned? These, most of them were a little further down the road than me, and they realized, even if you get something today, but you don't really know how to handle it, you can't run the race long term. And it's more important to finish the race than it is just to start the race. And it started me on a journey. I thought, why would they take two days? And then through a set of events in my own life and trying to help others, I started through a process. And I can tell you today, I'm way past where I was, really prideful, really ignorant at that point when I sat with those people. And I learned some things that I put into practice. I've learned a, a life budget, if you will. A life rhythm. I have thematic days. I have a day where I do no technology. I, I've learned some things. And it doesn't happen overnight. You, you have to start working with it. it doesn't, you, don't, you don't get in the condition overnight. And you don't just have, boom, it's all fixed overnight. Last week you guys said that you have financial stress. Well, financial problems, they're, they're real simple when it comes to the logic of it. God owns it all. Give him your first fruits, save, and live on less than you make. And you say, well, I really want to be wealthy. Do that for a long time. Boom. That's like four weeks of messages right there. Just boom. It's over. The problem's not what we need to do. The problem is the revelation to actually do it. The other problem is, and thank God for financial peace, you don't show up after years of handling money bad, and what we really want is, I'm in trouble, and for God to just swoop out, boom, it's all fixed. Really, you have to start with a budget coach, and you have to start working through it, and you have to start changing your mindset. It's the same way with your life budget. There are things I do on a quarterly basis, on an annual basis, and, and it's changing because my seasons are changing. See, I'll have 50% of my kids out of the house in a year. I just need to get them off the payroll. Can somebody say amen? That's changing my ability maybe to say yes to certain things that maybe you maybe not be able to. What am I saying? I'm saying you start working through a life budget, incorporating those things into your life the same way you do with a financial budget. And so there's some practices that you have to get to the place you can repeat. Now I want to give you five practices real quick before I pray for you. Five thought processes, but yet practical things that influence how you put your life budget together. Number one, identify and stay within the sphere God's given you. This one's massive, okay? Financial problems mean you have no financial margin. Financial margin. You're like, margin? What does that mean, pastor? Margin is the gap between the load you're carrying and your limit. When you're over your limit, you have no margin. And it's the same way in the stress capacity area. When you're stressed out is when your responsibilities and all the situations that you're managing are over your limit, you have no margin. And so you say, well, well we need to get some margin. But I wanna encourage you, you don't start with margin you start with stewardship. 
The Bible says God owns all of our resources, all of our time, all of our energy. It's all his. We live to give him glory. So I start from that position, and then I understand the sphere or stewardship he's given me in this season, and I begin to steward it, or that word just means manage it for him in a healthy way, and when I start including him, like I said the first week, Jesus gets in the yoke with you, what happens is if I do it with that perspective, margin is the result. Margin is a result of stewardship. You don't start by saying, let's just get some margin. Well, you can start cutting some stuff, but then you have to come to the place of, what do I cut? Well, the only way you know what to cut is you know what your sphere is. You know what your influence in that season is apportioned by God. 2 Corinthians 10, 13, I love it. We, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but will confine our boasting to the sphere of service God himself has assigned to us a sphere that also includes you. Paul, there's this big discussion about him and other people that are influencing this group, and Paul says, look, we're not really concerned about what they're saying, we're just concerned with what sphere, what stewardship has God given us concerning you. So when you begin to see, okay, wait a minute, it's not my job to necessarily say, okay, a lot of people today talk about increasing capacity. And we're a church that believes you move from faith to faith and glory to glory, and God has new things for you, and There's more possible in God than you can ever imagine. But I wanna encourage you with this, I don't think you primarily focus just on increasing your capacity. In fact, it can be dangerous. It's a narrative today that's very dangerous. I was dropping my daughter off in the dorm and everything in all the girls' dorm rooms, you know, be epic, you're limitless. No, you're not. You're not limitless. You are very limited. And you have been proportioned by God a sphere of influence in a season, and how you steward that will determine whether or not your capacity increases so God can ask you to be faithful with more. And so when you view it from that perspective and you see it, you don't just necessarily think, well, I gotta increase capacity, raise top line. You start thinking, how do I steward what God has currently given me? I find a lot of times we miss that. I've talked with so many people, I've talked with a couple, They have five kids under five, five. They're doing a great mission work. They're doing doing a lot of cool, and both of them are involved. Five kids under five, and then they're like, we wanna take on this. Pastor, what do you think about it? I'm thinking, it's not good. You have five kids under five. That's changed your season. So, so, So there'll be a time maybe for this other endeavor, but why don't you kind of focus on five kids under five, boogers in the nose and the current thing that you've taken on for God, instead of trying to add something else when you're not even really sure how to even handle what you currently have. Number two, manage your energy even more than your time. This is a big revelation. Most people today start talking about time management. When they hear people are stressed out, time management. And we've now got you know, phones and calendars on our phones and alarms and ways to set our schedules and manage all of this. But if you start with time, then your first thought is, how can I fit it all in? And now because the whole world is different where we can work 24 hours a day because of technology, then that gets us into trouble. I wanna encourage you with a concept that yes, you need to learn how to properly allocate your time, but you start as a leading practice by managing energy so that then you are able to make the right choices. And by the way, when your energy is low, you're vulnerable to bad choices. You're not in a good decision-making posture. So what do I I mean by that? 
I think you have to start saying, these are my priorities and I'm gonna make sure I have energy for these. There's a lot of things that I could have done in the kingdom of God over the last 20 years. But my daughter dropping her off at college when we stop and eat barbecue on the way home and we have a note that was put in her mom's purse where she says, thank you for prioritizing me. Thank you for investing in me. Thank you, we both sat there eating barbecue crying. People are like, those people are weirdos. You know what, we read that letter and say it's all worth it. I may not be famous in the world, but I'm famous in my own house. So what does that mean? You have to prioritize that. And I gotta tell you, in the, in the early days, I wasn't always good, and all of us are learning, and we're all growing. But even my wife, she's a priority to me. And I didn't have the energy sometimes because I gave all my energy here. Now I know some of you are living this. You're just not willing to be honest in church. But you give all your energy here, and then she and I are gonna go on a date night, and she's been with it. And I know that we have working ladies, and we all are working this out. You have to work your own rhythm out. But at the end of the week, she'd been with little humans, she wanted to be with us, someone that was a larger human, like me, and have adult conversations. But I'd given all my energy way over here, so then I come to that moment, and she's like, hey, let's party. I'm like, let's not, I'm tired. So I started having to change even my rhythm so that I had energy for that which I value. You have to put your energy into the things that matter as you're looking at how you steward your life. The third thing is your boundaries grant you permission in toxic relationships. I'm gonna tell you one source of stress. You're the one that told me you're stressed out. One source of stress is that one toxic person can eat up a huge percentage of your emotional margin. Now some of you go, well look, I've, I've, I feel God has called me to this, and of course if you're married in that relationship, you gotta put priority there, but I'm talking really about peripheral relationships sometimes that really we're codependent on. We're codependent on their approval. We're trying to fix them. We're trying to solve all their problems. We're trying to change them. We're the ones that try to change them. And you have a toxic relationship, a toxic situation, and I'm just asking you, I'm just saying, look, I'm, if, if there is a situation that God hasn't called you, anointed you, or appointed you to fix, then you know what you have to do in life sometimes to not be stressed out? Draw a boundary. And you do it in love, and you just say, you know what, I love you, but I'm no longer gonna give huge percentages of my emotional margin to this toxic relationship. And you just have to draw a boundary. And so, remember I said you need permission? Well, I'm giving you permission to have a 24-hour period without technology. I'm giving you permission to set a life budget. I'm giving you a permission to actually take your vacation. I'm giving you permission to start setting up your life in a way that you prioritize what matters. And I'm giving you permission to say no to some toxic people. There's certain toxic people that you have to say, you know what, I'm no longer gonna live in a dysfunctional place by trying to manage your dysfunction. And when you get into that place and you, you, you start feeding that, then the toxicity of it, again, it eats up not just its block of time, it eats up huge percentages of emotional margin. Here's the fourth one, learn to be more aware of the condition of your soul. You gotta start looking at your inputs. I'm talking about stress. There's certain things you shouldn't read. You should, I, I know as a filter certain things that I don't need to engage with because of what it produces in my soul. Do you know your own soul? Do you know, you know what, I can't, I don't need to engage with that. Do you know there's certain news I can look at? There's certain articles I can read that are okay. They don't produce bad things in me. There's certain stuff that I can't read 
Now, I don't know where that is for you, but you need to learn how to monitor your own soul. For me to have a healthy week, there's certain things I go, you know what, I'm gonna build a boundary from that because that's not good for my soul. Here's number five, celebrate the unique season that you're in. Who do you celebrate with? Who do you laugh with? That's why you need a small group. You need some friends. You need some people around your life where you can celebrate the season that you're in. And I wanna tell you something that people told me all the time. As somebody who just dropped off their daughter at college, people would say, Jeff, it goes by fast. And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. It does go by fast. So you know what you wanna do? Man, enjoy this season. Instead of looking to the opportunities of the season ahead, enjoy the season that you're in. If you can't be happy in the season you're in, you'll never be happy in a new season with new opportunities and new things that God brings your way. Who do you talk about your dark side with? Who do you talk about your challenges with? Who do you talk about your fears with? Who do you celebrate with? Who do you enjoy the journey with? We have a phrase we use within our team a lot of times. I always say, we're living it now. We have prayed for, we prayed for 46 people to be saved in two weeks. You know, it's like, man, we're living it now. Who do you celebrate with? And the more you'll celebrate your current season, the more it will help guard you for making unwise decisions to take on something to fulfill an emotional need in you that's only creating more stress for you and other people around you. Learn to celebrate the season that you're in. Now, I wanna finish with giving you a grid and praying for you, but I wanna give you a little grid because some of you are like, I need, I need an ability to say no. How do I know how to say no? What kind of grid? And I don't think this is an exhaustive grid, but maybe it'll help some of you. I jotted this down this week and I thought maybe it'll help you. Number one, do I have margin for it? If you're really honest, do I have margin right now in my life to say yes to this new opportunity? What will I, it's so important, Every time you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. There's always a choice, there's always a trade-off. Do I have margin, do I have resources, do I have relational resources, do I have time? Do I have margin right now in my life to be able to say yes to this new opportunity? And by the way, if you can't, then the answer's no. Now it might not be no forever, but it might be no, not now. Not now, it could be. If you can say yes, then you go to the next question. Can I do it without violating my personal and biblical rhythms? So if you set up a life budget the same way you do with finances, okay, here's our financial budget, so that helps us determine whether we say yes to this opportunity in the same way with your life budget. Can I say yes to it without violating my personal biblical rhythms? If yes, will my contribution to this lead to God's intended outcome? That's why I keep saying this was, somebody told me this, it was so helpful. Jeff, are you personally called, anointed, appointed, and assigned by God to fix that? That was so freeing for me. Because you know what? I'm not called to fix every problem. I'm not the one necessarily that God wants to bring into certain situations to bring his intended outcome. And you're not either. But there are situations he has assigned you to, and if you're gonna be giving your best to those situations, you may have to say no to some other situations to give your best yes to the situation he's called you to give it to. The final thing is, will carrying this strengthen my soul? In other words, where's my soul in this area, okay? Let me give you the takeaways from this little two-part series. You said you needed help with it. God has some patterns that we can deploy. 
But we ourselves have to have the revelation to begin to say, God, I want to do it with you. I, I want to do it with you. I want to put some things into practice, okay? And here's my heart for you as your pastor. I hope you'll take some of the nuggets that I've tried to offer you the last couple of weeks. I hope you'll start working with it in your own life. And I hope you'll do it without there having to be a breakdown. I don't want you to have a breakdown before you do it. I'd like to see you start to do it before the engine hits the red line and parts start flying places and oil starts coming out. I'd like to see you do it pre that. But most importantly, maybe a thought you've never had before, just letting God get involved in every area of your life. Even asking God about opportunities Think, just, just saying, God, get in here with me. Paul says, if you'll put some stuff into practice, the result is the peace of God. The peace of God. And that's what I want for you. Not stress. I want the peace of God. I want you to be able to say, you know what? I don't understand it. It surpasses understanding. All this is going on, but I'm sleeping just fine. I don't even know how I'm doing it, but I'm sleeping just fine. Why am I sleeping just fine? Because I got God involved in it. And I want some of you to understand, there's some stuff you're carrying you don't need to carry. You don't need to carry it. Let it go. God's saying, look, I don't want you to carry that anymore. That's not what I want you to carry. I want you to bow your heads with me. Father, I thank you, Lord, right now. My words alone can't bring peace, but you can bring peace, God. And I ask you, Lord, right now, Lord, for those maybe watching my video or those in this room right here, Maybe those watching this message later, I don't know, wherever they're at, Lord, we, we, we recognize our need for you. We ask you to come in, you to come into the real parts of our lives, our fears, our circumstances, our situations, our schedules, our energy allocations. Lord, we let you come into those areas. Lord, I ask you that you would bring peace there's one person who doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, Jesus, I ask you to make yourself real to them. Maybe that's you, and you just need to say, Jesus, I surrender all to you. I believe you died for me, rose from the dead, come into my life, I wanna make you Lord of my life. If you prayed that prayer, let us know. We wanna help you, we wanna help you take next steps. But for those of you that know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, Lord, I'm speaking over every person your peace. You're the Prince of Peace. You are the peace that we're looking for. And I pray your peace would just flood our souls as we leave today. That surpasses logic. Peace that surpasses logic. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Milestone Church. We hope it's been an encouragement for you today. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast or discover who we are by visiting our website at milestonechurch.com. 